than our mind can comprehend. God is bigger than the earth, the universe. God is creator of all things. And we've been looking at some of those concepts. Uh, and this week we're going to be uh, continuing with that theme. And we've got uh, Steve Graham, uh, who's a good friend of mine. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, you welcome, Steve. Uh, we got to know each other, I think, about five years ago. Uh, Steve, at the time, was working at Rising Brook Baptist Church. A number of you know that I kind of... I think some of us have been there, haven't we, uh, for conferences and different things. And at the time, you were working uh, there, I think, uh, dealing with all the facilities and that sort of stuff, weren't you? Uh, and uh, I got to know Steve uh, while he was working there. And uh, their church, like our church, was sensing God was saying some things. Uh, and for them, it was to plant a church, plant a church in Cannock, actually, uh, near where Laura's family live. And, um, and, and I think you were at a meeting, weren't you? And you were like, yeah. like God, not me. <laughs> Don't send me. But God sent Steve. And they planted a church, what they call Create. And uh, I don't want to steal your thunder. You might have to t tell some of it. But... Um, over those five years, God has been working uh, through the church that's been planted there in Huntington, in Cannock, and uh, seeing the church grow, trying to build a community of Christians wanting to uh, work within the community to try and show Jesus' love and goodness. And it's been great. Uh, Becky and I got to go, didn't we, a few weeks ago uh, to meet with Steve. You know, we're kind of going we're gonna to be launching the, uh, the Uniform Bank you know, we sort of mentioned that a few weeks ago. There's flyers out there if you want them. And Becky's going to be leading that. Well, we're learning from these guys because they've been doing it over the last couple of years. And we wanted to learn from them not only how to uh, bless our community, but how we can learn from the good things and their mistakes as well, I'm sure. Because we can all learn, can't we? And we can all grow. So it's great to have Steve here. He's a good friend of mine. Um, and uh, shall we just pray for him uh, as uh, we hand over to him. Lord, we thank you for Steve. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to hear a fresh voice. It's still your voice. Still you using him. But a different voice, a different perspective. And so, Lord, we do ask you to come and anoint Steve now. That we each would have ears to hear, hearts open to what he wants to bring, wants to share with us. That he has authority here to bring your good news to each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Matt. Great. Morning. All all right? Good. I'd love you to be awake because, um, to be honest, I get bored of myself a little bit. So um, if you want to join in with me and say hello at least or if you're bored, have a nap. Um, if you're not used to church, by the way, it's like 20 minutes, half an hour, and then we'll get to the good bit afterwards. So, um, so just hang on. Anyone can make half an hour. Remember, like when you used to be at school waiting for break time, it can be a bit like that. So relax, laugh, chill out a little bit. Um, we're going to have some fun. My name's Steve, like Matt said. Um, I'm married to Beth, who is a community nurse and has to work some weekends. She's working this weekend. We've got a daughter, Isla, uh, and Beth is pregnant. So we've got another one due in December, which is exciting. Um, I pastor a church in Cannock. Um, and we are part of Rising Brook, so we are one of their congregations. We are legally part of them. We do things very similarly, but yet we do mission. So how we work in our communities quite separately and quite differently. Uh, so I lead the Canic location. As Matt said, I was part of the ministry team in Stafford uh, before we did that. And then they, they kind of sent us over. We've been there five, six years. It's dead exciting. Some days I love it. Most days I hate it. Um, well, I was checking some of you awake. I actually hate it. 
all the time. Um, it's great. It's a real privilege to be there. We're, um, the, the Stafford congregation has got quite a lot of um, quite a large proportion uh, of deaf people, deaf community uh, in their, within their congregation. In fact, we've just started a whole new church um, for the deaf. So they are, it's run in sign language. It's wicked. It only happens once a month at the moment, but um, it's all done in reverse. You know, a lot of churches over at the back there, a lot of churches um, have a signer at the front to communicate to anyone who's deaf in their congregation. This church has an interpreter going the other way. So everything is done in sign and then they, it's interpreted into voice for everybody else, which is this brilliant concept. But it has been known that when I'm down to preach in Stafford, literally none of the deaf people come because I have a problem with sort of slowing down. Um, and especially when people give me a time limit and I feel like I've got lots to say, then I start racing. So if I'm going too fast, you've got a couple of options. You can stop me, ask me to slow down, or just deal with it. Slow down, slow down. Um, I'd go with the deal with it option because it's never going to happen. So um, we're going to look today uh, at this, um, this series you've been, you've been working on, which is dead exciting, who God is. Maybe that's a new question to some of you. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you're just figuring it out. Maybe you've been looking at it for years. I am convinced that wherever you are on this kind of faith journey, God's got something new to say to you today. So uh, I'm a pastor's kid. I've been in this game a long, long time. Uh, I've been in ministry doing this sort of stuff for 19 years now uh, and been, been involved in churches for 39 years just to give you a glimpse of how old I am. Um, yeah, since I was born. So I'm, I'm well used to it all, but yeah, God surprises me every day. Literally every day you learn something new about God. Uh, and I'm convinced that he's got something new to say to you today. When Matt sent me through an email, it was like Christmas time, we started chatting about it, wasn't it? Saying it, which I was just incredibly impressed with his organisation. Normally I'm about two weeks in advance. What are we going to do in two weeks' time? Um, he sent me through this list of things and I was like, oh, this one's bread and butter. The all-powerful God, omnipotence, which is what we're going to look at today. If... Um, Oh, yeah. Whoa, no, I've gone too far. Don't, don't get, yes, we're back. It's all right. Um, yeah, the all-powerful God is just like bread and butter to me. I love it. I get dead excited. I might get a little bit over-enthusiastic at times. Uh, I'm sorry if I do, uh, but I'm totally uh, convinced that God is incredibly powerful and provides for us and is wonderful and we, we should get really excited about him. So let's jump on omnipotence, which I'm sure is an everyday phrase for you, right? About a couple of times last week, you thought, yeah, I keep saying omnipotence. It just keeps, no, nor me either. In fact, um, it, it's just not a word we use often at all. Uh, but it literally means God is all powerful. So let's break that down a little bit. God, God, who we are talking about, um, the, the all powerful one, God himself, the creator. And we're going to look at that just in a minute. God. Stop and picture him. What's God to you? Um, is he the, the whole traditional image of the bloke sitting on a cloud? Um, uh, is he uh, some sort of mysterious force without person? What, what is God to you? For me, he's actually an incredible, beautiful, intimate creator um, who is all-powerful yet incredibly personable. So he's able to make and hold all things yet know me intimately and care about me, and, um, which is an incredible concept to get your head around. So God, all-powerful. God, and then we've got all, so literally has all of it. Literally, if, it, if there is power, it comes from God, because God is all-powerful. He is the source of it. He is more powerful than anything that has ever been. And then powerful, this, we often kind of term that as, as strength in some ways, don't we? Um, that, that, that able to move things, do things powerful, as in make things happen. So there are powerful people in our world who are able to make decisions on our behalf. We put them in government, and they make a wonderful job of running the country. And it's really entertaining, because sometimes it doubles for like a sitcom. Um, and it's just great to watch, uh, and we give them power, but God is all omnipotence. The omnipotence of God, part of God's character, is he is all-powerful. He holds all of the power. We're going to jump in to the Bible a little bit, 
Um, this is the very first book of the Bible, the very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis, when God is kind of kicking things off, when he's starting. Um, the way I, I sort of work, because I'm not, not famous for my intelligence, shall we say, uh, is I kind of put it on my level a little bit. So if you see a bit that's kind of highlighted in here, as in the writing is bigger than the rest of it, it's because that's the bit I want to talk about. So if you get bored with the rest of the scripture, let's look at that little bit. You all ready to read a bit of the Bible? Great, lovely. Uh, and I'm in the Amplified Version. I'm going to be amp in the Amplified Version of the Bible most of the time. Uh, a couple of different references I'll be out there. I'm really loving the Amplified at the moment. Uh, and this is controversial and slightly dangerous. But I do believe the Amplified is like the female version of the Bible, isn't it? A little bit. Whereas, because what happens in the Amplified is, uh, you'll see these brackets that are around. And rather than getting sort of the male version, which is straight to the point, in the beginning, in the beginning was God. That's all we got from the, 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 the female version goes, in the beginning was God. I'll just explain that. Elohim. That's who God is. Created by forming from nothing. It, you know how you get in a conversation with a woman and it just takes forever. Because they want to give you every single detail. And the blokes try really, really hard to stay engaged. And they're like, yes, yeah, 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 uh-huh. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit like the Amplified. It spreads it out for us. It takes the meaning of the words and colours it in. Gives you all the pictures. So, in the beginning, God, Elohim, created by forming from nothing the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void or a waste and emptiness and darkness was upon the face of the deep primeval ocean that covered the unformed earth. The spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. God saw that all the light was good, pleasing and useful and he affirmed and sustained it and God separated the light, distinguishing it from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness he called night and there was evening and there was morning one day. You see, the thing about power and about a powerful God that separates him from us, that makes him God and us just kind of us, humanity, is that he can create something from nothing. We can have uh, all the strength we can have in the world. We can have all the creativity that we want. We can be given as much power, but it is impossible for us to literally make something from nothing. We have to take ingredients and make something, don't we? That's the only thing we can do in order to be creative is to take something that already exists. God, in his all-powerful moments, can take nothing and make something happen. That's power, isn't it? That's power. So if you're in a place where you feel like I am completely desperate and lost, that there is no hope for me, there is no way out of this, there's no way I can come back, this is really good news because the God that is talked about in the Bible can take nothing and make something. That's great, isn't it? That's amazing. That means your mess is actually an easy start for God. You know what I mean? So the mess you've made of your life, and I am brilliant at making a mess of my life. I've got like an A-level in mess making. It's the only A-level I've got, to be fair. Um, <laughs> that mess, at least it's an ingredient. God's got something to start with. He's more than capable of taking absolutely nothing and making something incredible. He does it in this, in this little few verses, doesn't he? He's chatting away. God, I love how God chats, and we'll get onto the voice of God in a minute. He's hanging out. He sees this nothingness and he makes something. Let's jump in here, uh, kind of halfway down on your screen there. And God said, God said, God spoke, let there be light. Oh, so there is no light at this point, right? It's dark. It's not just averagely dark. It's not even kind of going out into the middle of Canuck Chase, which is the woods near where I live, where it's really quite dark. It's not even, it's proper dark. There is no light. And God says, from this nothing, there is nothing there. God, all he does, all he does, God, this all-powerful God, is speak. 
What does he say? Yeah. Let there be light. Boom. Light comes on. If you are in a dark place, God says to your dark place today, let there be light. If you feel like you've got nothing, good news. It's not a problem. If you feel like you are in a really dark place, God says to you, let there be light. The all-powerful God who holds all of this power says to you today, in his omnipotence, in his all-powerfulness, if you have nothing, no problem. If it's dark, let there be light. That's some seriously good news. Seriously good news. God can make something out of nothing. In the beginning, God makes something out my watch always does this. I'm going to take it off. Siri, who is attached to my watch, sometimes thinks I'm chatting to her when I'm preaching. I'm not. Not at all. But now you can see my dodgy tan line. In the beginning, God makes something out of nothing. God wants to make something beautiful out of your nothing today. And then as we move on in the Bible, in fact, we're going to jump a whole leap. We're going to miss a whole load on our tour of the Bible today. We're going to jump to the New Testament, um, where Jesus is talked of again, where God is talked of. This is John chapter 1, which is the Gospels kind of describing the coming of Jesus. Remember that we've just heard God took nothing and made something, and then he spoke, used his words, and made something beautiful like light. This is John 1, 1 to 5. It says, in the beginning, before all time, so we're in exactly the same time span, right? This is the same thing Genesis said, in the beginning was God. And now in in John 1, in the beginning, before all time, was the... Thank you. I have put it on the screen, so even if you're not listening, you can just sort of read it, and it'll help you out with the answers. Um, In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God, the Word was God himself, and he was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made... And came into existence through him, and without him, not even one thing was uh, one thing was made that has come into being. In him was life, and the power to bestow life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines on in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it, or overpower it, or appropriate it, or absorb it, and is unreceptive to it. We have got really, really similar language to the beginning of Genesis. You can see it, can't you? That, that we're talking about God is there in the very, very beginning before there's anything that he uses his voice to create and what does he do with that voice? He brings light. Jesus comes as God himself on earth, the all-powerful one, the one who creates everything, the one who can make something out of nothing now arrives, hangs out on earth, comes to be with you and what does he do? He lights up the darkness, brings light to dark situations finds beautiful things that need to be made. It moves on uh, in John chapter 1. And there's a hint in which bit I'm going to focus on here again. And the word, who is Christ, became flesh and he lived amongst us. And we actually saw his glory. Glory as belongs to the one one and only begotten Son of the Father. The Son who is truly unique. The one only of his kind who is full of grace and truth. Absolutely free of deception. So in his perfection of power... The one who is Christ, the one who is ultimately strong, who can fix anything, do anything, make something out of nothing, who can light up a dark place in his perfection of power, he moves in with you. Comes down and makes friends with you. Jesus gives you an offer here. He, he, see, he does something differently, God. Very, very differently to humanity, to the way we work. We are, I am, Matt is, and I know this for a fact, fundamentally selfish. You've got to be, because it's human. We all are. Laura's laughing. I don't know why, mate. What's going on there? 
Um, but literally, we are all, in our humanity, selfish. We make a mess of things all the time. The person you think about most in your life, yeah, it's you in it. Every single time, you are right in the middle of your life. God doesn't work that way. God is the ultimate selfless being. And that's how his power is played out on earth. So God the omnipotent, God the all-strong, God the one who can make something out of nothing, God the one who lights in the darkness, has all this power and controls it in a totally different way to man. When we give man power, we make a mess of it, don't we? So much of the time when we're given responsibility or power, we end up hurting people, doing things wrong, making a mess of it, making bad decisions, because ultimately we're so selfish. Whereas God holds all this power totally differently to how we do in our natural state. He holds all this power, and what does he do with it? He doesn't hold on to it himself, he gives it away. I saw um, a little Facebook meme the other day that said, um, God, all I'm asking for is the opportunity to prove that winning the lottery will not change me. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> it's this great moment. We all say it, don't we? You know, it would be different for me. If I, if I had that money, it wouldn't change me in the least. You know, just, just give me the opportunity, God. Actually, when we get hold of some, some money and some power, yeah, we might do some good with it, but it does tend to corrupt us. It does do all these things. Yet God owns everything, is all-powerful, and can do everything, and it doesn't corrupt his character, doesn't change him, because he wants to give it to you. He wants to bless you, wants to help you, wants to light up your dark place, wants to take your nothing and make something, wants to give you hope and a future, wants to paint your life in a beautiful, beautiful way. It's quite exciting stuff. God, in all his power, doesn't hold it against you. Here's the good news. He's not angry, doesn't want to beat you, doesn't want to tell you off all the time. He wants to help you. He literally, literally paid the greatest price himself, died on a cross so that he wouldn't have to be angry anymore. Took it upon himself. He's so desperate to, to bless you with his power, with his strength to enable you that he did something so dramatic that changed the course of, whole, the, the, course of the whole of humanity. God shows us how to use power and he tends to do things in a really upside down way, doesn't he? Have you ever encountered some of the weird teachings of Jesus? Not really supposed to say that as, as a church leader, especially at somebody else's church. So maybe do edit the CD before it, it goes online. Um, but those, those ones where he's like, um, uh, turn the other cheek. What are you on about there, God? <laughs> Sorry. In fact, here's one that gets me every time, and it's quite serious. But in the Beatitudes, which is Jesus' teaching on the Mount of Olives, mad stuff, he uses this phrase, blessed are those who mourn. That's a bit of a curveball, God. I don't know whether you've ever been in, in, in mourning, lost somebody close to you, but feel very blessed. Is it? You feel right at all. But yeah, it carries on. It says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. They'll know more of God. Blessed are those who go through something tragic and severe so that they can feel more of God's power, more of God holding their hand, more of God trusting them. There's this part when Jesus is sending out, in the Bible, this is, um, Jesus is sending out his disciples, his mates, he's sending out 70-odd of them to go out into the world and tell people the good news of the kingdom of God. And he says to you, he says to them, I want you to go out like sheep amongst wolves. And for many, many, many years, I did a classic autocorrect on that. You know when you autocorrect the Bible? Does anyone else do that a little bit? You, you read it and you think, well, it's, you don't even, it's not your subconscious, but you just know that the Bible's got that bit wrong. You know, you don't, you know that, you go out like sheep amongst wolves, wolves amongst sheep. There you go, God. Don't worry about it. I've caught you. Everyone makes mistakes. I've caught that for you. We'll carry on. Like wolves amongst sheep, let's go out and we'll conquer. I'm a classic sort of, you know, go out there, let's get them 
uh, aggressive entrepreneur type in my life. I like to get things done and achieved. Let's go out like wolves among sheep. Let's go and conquer them. Let's go and take the world. And I'm ready for a fight all the time. And Jesus says, go out like sheep amongst wolves. He's having a laugh. Having an absolute laugh. You want to me to go out dressed like a sheep, hanging out with all the wolves. I'm not being funny, but God, but that's a bit of a silly idea. I mean, it's not going to work. It's called the upside down gospel. God does things differently. He shows us a way of doing things in his massive power. He could empower you to go out like a wolf amongst sheep and conquer things like that, couldn't he? Could. But that would make him a dictator, angry God. And what he is, is a beautiful, loving God. He says, go out, turn the other cheek, be blessed when you mourn, find hope in the darkness, do things differently. The upside down gospel find a new way of doing it. He continues it when he calls his best mates, um, when he's, those lads that hang out with him, we call them the disciples, um, when he's walking along the beach uh, and he's going to meet him for the first time. Uh, we'll read it here. They are fishermen hanging out on the shore, um, so they probably would have uh, wanted all their lives, aspired to be someone who could hang out with the rabbi, to be trained under him, which is what Jesus would have been seen, a great teacher. They'd have been like, wow, this guy's pretty cool. I want to be with him. Uh, and then he's walking down by the Sea of Galilee. He notices two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me as my disciples, accepting me as your master and teacher, and walking the same path of life that I walk. This is, this is where I love the Amplified, by the way. That's really useful. What's Jesus asking us for? Just, I mean, honestly, if you've not taken anything else, just grab that sentence there. My disciples, accepting me as your master which means you obey what he says, and teacher, so you listen to what he teaches you, walking the same path of life that I walk. That's what he's asking them to do. They leap at it. They're like, hang on, this is the rabbi, this is the one I want to be like, and he's saying to me, a fisherman, come and hang out, and then he throws in this sentence, which I think is critical for our lives, and I, the all-powerful, omnipotent, powerful God, who holds everything in his hands, can make everything out of nothing, who lights up the dark places, and I will make you, what? Fishers of men. Fishers of men. He flips it around. No longer fishers of fish, fishers of men. Not just fishermen anymore, but fishers of men. He takes your ordinary, everyday things, the things that you think are inadequate and aren't quite good enough, and he says, I'll make them good enough. I'll take exactly what you've got. Does it not ring off when he's feeding all them people with the five loaves and two fish? All he's got is this little bit of lunch, a couple of snacks, a couple of sardines, and some dodgy stale rolls. I'm making that bit up. I don't know whether it was sardines or if the bread was stale. I ain't got a clue. But, it, you know, I'm helping you get in it, aren't I? Um, <laughs> so he's got this, and he's, he, the boy gives him all that he's got, and it's not enough. He says, take what he's got, and he makes it incredible. I'll take fishermen who don't quite make the mark, and I'll change the world with them. I'll take people who are sitting, feeling desperate, dark, lonely, without anything in their lives, who feel like they've failed too many times, and I'll change the world if... If they become my disciples, accept him as master, find him as a teacher, walk on the same path of life that he walks. If you are in a dark place, the all-powerful God says to you, whatever you feel disqualifies you, I'll qualify you with. Whatever you feel isn't good enough, he'll make it good enough. What you are is enough for Jesus to change this world. I'll take you from a fisherman and I'll make you fishers of men. I'll turn your life around. He shows us the right way to use power. Shows us that we use our power to bless others, not to hurt them, to love them, to find a way to do whatever we can to meet their needs, to show them who Jesus is. 
just like he did for us. And then he goes on to empower us. He doesn't just show us how to do it. He then says, once you get a grip on this, I'm going to start giving you some power. Let's read a bit of that. Um, this is in Ephesians chapter 1, and you'll see the reference for it on the next slide. It's just incredible. I've, I've switched to the message version here. I do encourage you to read this for yourself uh, in your own Bible. Ephesians chapter 1, it's beautifully poetic, and it picks up this lovely statement for us at the end. It says, that's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master, who? who was there in the beginning, who spoke and said, let there be light and caused light to come, who took nothing and made it beautiful, who took fishes, uh, fishes of fish and made them fishes of men. This same Jesus is the one he's talking about. Because of the solid trust you have when you have faith in Jesus and you're outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I'd think of you and give thanks. But I do more than thank, I ask. Ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory. <laughs> I pray this one for myself quite a lot to make you intelligent. Yes, please. I'd love a bit of that. And discerning and knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is that he's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Listen to this phrase. Endless energy, boundless strength. The omnipotent God who creates everything, the strongest one, the source of all power, who literally sees you with nothing and gives you something, sees you in your darkest place and lights it up, takes your inadequacy and makes it adequate. That God, when you line up with him, when you become in faith with him, and I'm going to be controversial and say, when you get yourself in church, when you are planted in the house of God, gives you endless energy, boundless strength. Endless energy, boundless strength. You might not feel like it all the time. You might feel exhausted. You might feel like you are re completely wiped out and had enough. But most of us in church ministry feel that way a lot of the time. And what it takes, actually, is to stop fighting in our own strength and get back into alignment with God. Stop trying to create yourself and let him create in you. Stop trying to be adequate on your own and let him make you adequate. Stop trying to be strong enough and allow him to be your strength. It continues. All this energy issues from Christ, who, by the way, was there in the beginning. He takes things that's nothing and he makes something from them. He lights up dark places. He makes you adequate. Are you getting what I'm going on about here? The strength God, the Christ, who shows us his example. All this energy, endless energy, boundless strength, issues from Christ. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments. No name, no power exempt from his rule and, <clears throat> and not just for the time being but forever. He is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. I love this. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. I've, I've made it big for you again. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. When the all-powerful creator wants to show his power on earth, how does he do it? Does he step in and push you aside? Does he literally push you off to the side there and say, forget it, I've got this one? Which is the way we would do, isn't it? You know, hang on, I'll show you how to do that, pal. I'm good at this one. Let me step up, I'll, I'll show you how to do this. That's, if I was God, there'd be a lot of that going on. Oh, I've got this. Hang on. No, I've got it. You just have a seat. Just have a rest. I'll do this bit. Because we tend to do that, don't we? I'm good at this bit. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He says, oh, do you, not, do you not feel quite good enough? Do you, not, do you not feel good enough? I tell you what. Become my disciple. Line up with me. Get in, in holiness, which means perfect alignment with God. 
get in line in holiness with me and I'll fill you with endless energy, boundless strength. I'll give you light in a dark place. I'll make something out of nothing. I'll make you adequate. And when you join in, get in church, Psalm says, those who are planted in the house of God will flourish like a palm tree. How amazing is that? Those who are planted in the house of God, like this here, planted means putting your roots down. It's all, it's all over Jeremiah 17, 8, which is on the wall here. When you put your roots in and join in with God, you become part of Christ's body. And he says, now, the way I'll change the world, the way I'll bring the kingdom of God, which is justice, peace, and joy, the way I'll bring these things to reign right here in Oldbury. That's where we are, in it? Just thought I'd check. I ain't got a clue. I just put my sat-nav on and was like, where am I? <laughs> I never leave, can it? Um, when, when, you, when you join the church in Albury, when you get in line with it and the kingdom of heaven comes to earth, that's what you're called to do. That's what you're here for. That's when you will feel most alive when you see the kingdom of heaven come to earth, which is justice, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. You're here to bring those things. And it all issues through Christ and he does it through the church, through you. An active church will save this world will change all the things that are in it and around it. All this energy issues from Christ. All this energy comes from him as the source. God makes something out of nothing. He lights up the darkness. He makes fishes of men. He empowers us with all that we need. And then in light of what your theme is for this whole year, after he's empowered you, after he's repaired your brokenness, after he's made you adequate, he then makes you brave enough to do something about it, to go somewhere, to do something new, to try something. Matt mentioned our uniform bank that we kicked off a couple of years ago uh, and you're going to be doing over here soon. It was literally just a, a small idea from one of the ladies in our congregation that started with one school down the road who we had a relationship with two years ago. Then the next year, uh, we decided we'd spread it out to the whole mechanic and it just ignited. It went viral. There was this one day and I was absolutely loving it when I had the BBC and ITV ringing me at the same time, competing for who could get to our building first to get this on their headlines. I was loving it. I was like, yes. Yeah, well, I have got the BBC on the way, so you are going to have to you know, get it pretty quick if you want to be first on it. Honestly, it was a proper one of those stand aside, let me have the power moments. I was absolutely loving it, but it went mad. It just went viral from a simple idea that was, there was nothing really empowered by God as part of the church that has literally now seen hundreds of people save hundreds of pounds to get their uniform for free in our building. And now people know our building and are finding faith and are finding Jesus because someone had a little idea as part of church and God empowered it. God put his strength behind it. When God's strength is behind something, there is no stopping it. There's, um, there's a psalm. Find it. Google it. You've all got Google. And it literally says, with my God, I can leap a wall. With my God, I can run through a troop. With the omnipotent God, the one that's strong enough, I can leap over a wall, I can run through a troop. I always, um, when I'm preaching that particular sermon, which I've done a few times on that psalm, there's a part of my story when I was supposed to be going on a mission trip to Uzbekistan, of all places, uh, and they failed to send me my visa in time. Uh, I'm going to make this short because I'm running out of time, uh, it, but it's, it's worth a little mention. I'm, and I'm preparing to preach this sermon on, uh, with my God I can leap a wall, with my God I can run through a troop. Yeah, and I ring the guy in the embassy, and I'm due to fly on Monday, this is Friday afternoon. He says, yes, your visa is ready, I'll put it in the post this afternoon. I said, don't, because I won't get it in time. I'm coming to London. Yeah, and, you know, Steve Graham and all his might <coughs> jumps in, 
his then fiance's little Citroen that barely worked and chugged down the motorway all the way to London. He says, yes, I'll be here till 5 p.m. You're welcome to come and get it. I rock up at the embassy at 2 p.m. Gates are shut, lights are off. The Uzbek embassy in London. It looks a little bit like um, a pigeon loft, to be honest, rather than like the US embassy with armed guards everywhere, just so you don't think I'm showing off with this story. And I'm like, oh, what do I do? What am I going to do here? And the whole time <laughs> in my head, I'm prepping this sermon for Sunday. With my God, I can leap over a wall. With my God, I can run through a troop. With my God... And I get there and I'm ringing him and I can see a light on in the basement and I know he's in his office and he's not answering my phone and I know he's got my visa. And on Monday, I'm supposed to fly to Uzbekistan and I've got no way of doing it. So I was like, right, balls to it, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go for it. Go for it. So I did, right? I'm standing outside the embassy. He's not answering the phone. I thought, I've got two options here. I can get in my car, I can go home and I don't go on mission. Or I can jump over the wall and see if I can get his attention. So I broke into the Uzbek embassy, <coughs> trespassed on foreign turf by climbing over this wall. It was only about eight foot tall. It there was no razor wire or anything. I'm surprised it didn't fall over. It looked unstable. But I literally, as I touched the ground the other side, he comes herring out of the office. What are you fucking doing, beep? Like swearing everywhere. I call police, I call police. And he comes in, he drags me in, he drags me into his office. I call police. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Um, and he goes into his back office. And he comes out with, with my passport and a visa and he goes, here's your beeping passport, throws it on the table and goes off to call the police. I have the passport, I'm out the door, I'm back over the wall and I'm in that Citroen up the M6 like you would not believe. I was on it like a car bonnet, I was flying out of there. And then, then <laughs> I fly to Uzbekistan and I'm like, oh Jesus, please Lord, as I, as I land and there's armed guards everywhere with massive hats on in the former communist states and I'm scared anyway. And now there's guards and I'm like... I hope he hasn't marked my name. <laughs> like, yeah, arrest this one on arrival in Uzbekistan. I didn't, and it was fine. But with my God, I can leap a wall. With my God, I can run through a troop. But sometimes it just takes a bit of bravery. Just takes a bit of doing something. Takes a bit of not looking at my circumstances anymore and deciding to break out, to do something new. Listen to this scripture. Uh, and it, it, most of it's going to be on the screen, but I've realised that I want to give you a little bit before it. Um, it's Habakkuk 3.19. In fact, it's Habakkuk 3. I'm going to go from about 17, I think. Um, but it's an incredible scripture that you can use for your life. I'm in the Amplified version. I'm just waffling while I persuade my phone to load. Um, Habakkuk 3. It starts off pretty depressing, to be honest. So bear with yourselves. Verse 17 we're in. Uh, just to give you a picture of life. If you're thinking I'm some sort of uh, life's rosy, it's all easy sort of preacher... Now, nah, I'm well aware that it stinks and it's hard and it's a nightmare and that God empowers us in difficult places. Habakkuk, not having the best of days here, he starts off like this. Though the fig tree does not blossom, though there's no fruit on the vines, though the product of the olive fails and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls. Though I'm having a really pants day, Habakkuk says. That's, that's the new Steve version, admittedly. Though I'm having a really pants day, though I feel like I've got nothing, though I'm in the darkest of place, though I am completely inadequate, though the world looks down upon me and says, you are not good enough, even though everything is wrong in my life, he carries on in verse 18. Yet, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the victorious God of my salvation. That's incredible. So he's in a dark place. It's hideous. He knows that God is the only one who can help him, so he chooses to praise. So he chooses to say, I'm going to join in with what God's doing. I want to see the all-powerful God moving on this earth. I'm going to join in with what he's doing. Now watch this. As soon as he praises, 
something else happens to his mindset, to the way he thinks. This is just stunning. It's in the it's in the classic amplified version, which might be different to the one you've got on your phone. It's worth googling the amplified amplified C. It is, and it just phrases it incredibly. Look at this. The Lord God. This is the same guy who's just been telling us life stinks. Then he chose to praise God. The Lord God is my my personal bravery and my he makes my feet like hinds feet he will make me to walk not listen to that not to stand still in terror but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble suffering and responsibility i memorized this a few years back probably about 10 when I was in a situation in my life where I planted a church in Manchester and had had pretty much uh, a mental breakdown, uh, completely flopped, closed the church down, made a real mess of my life, uh, and, and there was no fruit on the vine. The olive tree wasn't providing any food. The cattle was cut off from the stalls. And I felt God say to me, you need to praise me now, yet I will exult in the Lord God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, my strength, my personal bravery, not brave as a whole, not brave as a church, you personally, he makes you brave, and my invincible army, he is your strength. God, the strengthener, the all-strengthening one, it flows down from Christ when you are in church, lined up with him, he becomes your endless energy, boundless strength, you have the strength today to do whatever you need to do. If you need some strength, God wants to input it into your life today. God says, I will make you strong, Lord God is my strength, my personal, the one that belongs to me with my name written on it, my personal bravery. He makes me brave enough to face tomorrow. He makes me brave enough to face whatever is coming after church today. Those of you that are hiding from what is about to happen, that have got those letters in your drawer because debt uh, collectors are coming to get you and you are scared stiff. Those of you who are uh, uh, fear of what your family think of you, those of you who have been rejected all, all of your life, God says to you today, it is with your own personal name on it, he is making you brave enough to face this situation. He is your strength, he is your personal bravery, and he is your invincible army. That's some good news, isn't it? The all-powerful, all-strength-filled God is your invincible army. He makes your feet like hind's feet, like a deer's feet that doesn't lose grip on a, on a rocky cliff, that is able to stand strong, and he makes you to walk, not to stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon your high places of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. I love how he ends that again. He doesn't say, make spiritual progress because life's just become easy. Nah, nah, he says, I'll give you the strength to walk through the hard stuff. I'll give you the strength on your high places of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. I'm going to ask the band just to come and, and help me as we pray together here now. We're going to sing that song again, that you are good, you're the king of my heart. It's a yet I will exult moment. Yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. And what we're going to do now is if you are any of those places, if you need some strength from God, he says it's on offer for you today. If you feel like you have nothing, he wants to make something. If you feel like you need some bravery, he wants to make you brave. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet. He makes me to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering and responsibility. The Lord God is my strength my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes you to make spiritual progress upon your high places of trouble, suffering, 
or responsibility. If you are in any of those places today, the omnipotent God, the one who is strong enough to make something from nothing, something from nothing, offers you a way out today. Offers you a way out. I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit brave. If you are in a position where you feel like you have run out of strength for yourself and you need to rely on God, if you feel like you have something you need to be brave about and you're too scared to make spiritual progress, if you feel like you need an invincible army right now to fight your battles with you, I'm going to ask you to stand and I'm going to pray over you. The Lord God is my strength. My personal bravery, it's got your name written on it for you, personally for you, my personal bravery and my invincible army. He makes your feet like hind's feet to walk and make spiritual progress upon your high places of trouble, suffering and responsibility. So now those of you that have responded and those of you that are in your seats and thought you should have responded to this, I speak now over you that the Lord God is your strength. And not only is he just strength, he is omnipotent. He is all strength for you. He doesn't use his strength against you. He uses his strength for you and through you. And I pray over your situation now that you would know the God of strength, the God of bravery, the God who is an invincible army who causes you to make spiritual progress. Those of you who are stalled, and I think this is a specific word from God for some of you today. Those of you who have stalled, have paused, have stopped making progress. God says to you, today is your kickstart. And I speak over you now that you will no longer stand still in terror, but you will walk and make spiritual progress. In Jesus' name. Let's sing the chorus of that song, You Are Good. Sing it out as that moment of celebrating, of saying, okay, you're my strength.